Hashem Salper learning Soita Daf Mem Hey. We left off on Daf Mem Dalad Amit Beis, eight lines, all the way at the end of the eighth line from the bottom of the page on Daf Mem Dalad Amit Beis. We started to learn the new Pedic, the final Pedic of Mesechta Soita Egla Rufa. And here we began with the Machlekes Tanoim as to how many elders, how many members of the great Sanhedrin have to go out to do the measuring. So we learned the Machlekes. In our Mishnah, we had a Tanakama without a name. The Mishnah said three. And Rabbi Yehuda says, let's go inside our Gemara, five. Tanarabanan. We learned in Abraisa. V'yotzu zikenecha v'sheftecha. Says the Abraisa, zikenecha, plural, elders is two. Sheftecha, plural, is two. Two and two is four. And because we have a rule, ve'en based in shakul, mo'isif and aleim o'idecha, t'arein kachamisha, divrei Rabbi Yehuda. The Abraisa begins first with the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Now the Braisa says, Rab Shimon. So now we know who our Tanakama is. Zekeinecha is two. From Shaftecha, we don't use Shaftecha for numbers. Two, two is two. But also, since the ain't based in Shagul, you never have an even numbered based in. You always have to have an odd number because when there's going to be a matter of dispute, you have to go after the majority. To have a majority, you have to begin with an odd number. With an even number, you'll have an equal equal. We don't want that. So asks the Gemara now on this Braisa, now that we identified our Tanakama, who is Rabbi Shimon. The Rabbi Shimon Nami, it says, Vishayf Answers the Gemara, no. Hahu, the word Shayf is Miboyle Limiyuchadim Shebe Shayf If the Torah wouldn't have said Shayf we would not have known whose Zekeinecha does it have to be. Now, Zekeinecha means Zeshekanachachma. But who says it has to be from the great Sanhedrin? Maybe it can be from any uh, Sanhedrin. So Shaiftecha is to include them. I Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda must know it independently. How? If the Torah would have meant any Dayanim, the Torah could have said Ziknei. The word Zikneha already implies from the Sanhedrin Gedoyla. So now Vishayf Techa is extra to add another two. I Rab Shimon. So Rab Shimon says, if the Torah would have written Ziknei, I would have thought, who says they have to be members from any Sanhedrin? Let it just be uh, elders. For that, the Torah has to write Zikkei Necha. So all Zikkei Necha does is, it has to be Dayanim. Or Dayanim from the Sanhedrin. But it doesn't say which one. I would have thought Sanhedrin Ketana qualifies them. So the word comes to teach Bottom line is you don't have a, you don't have four, you only have two, and you only have to add one, so you have three. How, how can you say that Yehuda knows it from Zikkei Necha? No, Zikkei would have given you completely the wrong information by making you think it can be Belashen Hagamara Zikkei Hashuk. So the Gemara says initially, no, Rabbi Yehuda has a Gezeir It says over here, if the Torah would have written Ziknei, and you have in the beginning of Chumash Vayikra, in Parshas Vayikra, the din, that if you have the majority of the great Sanhedrin, who gave an erroneous ruling, and people kept that ruling, and then they discovered that they passed wrong, so they have to bring what we call a Par Helem Dover Shel Tzibur, that is brought by the Sanhedrin. Who brings it? This is only by the Sanhedrin Gedoyal. There, the Torah speaks about that when they bring the par, you have to have from the ziknei ha'eda that they lean, they do smicha on the par. By the way, five people do smicha. So we would have had the gzei from ziknei ha'eda. So we would know already from the word ziknei it means from the Sanhedrin. 
So therefore, Rabbi Yehuda can use the Vishayv Techa to add another two. The Gemara says that it's wrong. Because if you have the Gzayr Shava, we can't make up Gzayr Shavas. But if he had such a Gzayr Shava, then you don't even need the words Vishayv Techa. The Torah Techa should have written Ziknei, and we would have had a Gzayr Shava. And by the din of Par, Helam, Dovel, Shadzibur, it's five Dayanin. Five members of the Sanhedrin have to do smicha, so we would know already five. So the whole words zikonecha. It's not only the word vishayv techa is extra; even zikonecha is extra. The Torah Taka should have written ziknei. Is the charaya that there's no gzeira shava? If there's no gzeira shava, we're back to the question, because the words zikonecha are needed to teach you members from the Sanhedrin. So the Gemara concedes. Zikonecha means two. The words shoif techa clarify which two from the Sanhedrin. What is extra according to Tana Rabbi Yehuda? The vav, vishoif techa. So the end, two end, two end, two. Ve'rab Shemin, turning to Daf Memhei, vav loy mashmalei. Now this is important. Don't forget that Rab Shemin was the Talmud of Rabbi Kiva. We learned a few parakim ago, Rabbi Kiva darish vavin. Rab Shemin darish vavin. He didn't use the vav for this din. He'll use it for another din. So Rab Shimon only has the two from Zikeinecha, two plus one is three. Or with the parentheses, my Rachmana, ham yechadam No, the word Shaiftecha, according to everyone, is clarifying from where. But one second. Both Rabbi Huda and Rab Shimon, they interpret the plural expression of Zikeinecha as two. So now asks the Gemara, Lekula Alma, if when the trader uses a Lashen Rabbim, that comes to teach you too, and if Lashen Rabbim is used twice, it comes to add, Frek the Gemara, Elamayato, what does it say after Zikkein Necha? Vishayiftecha, Viyatsu, Umadadu, that they go out and they measure. So one second, they go out, Hastuvaiter Shnaim, Umadadu, another two. So that's already another four. What will be the total? Asks the Gemara. According to Rabbi Yehuda, that you already had five. Five plus four, it should be nine. According to Rabbi Shimon, our Tanakama, you have three. But why don't you add on the three another four? Hasta seven. Hadekan Shiva answers the Gemara. No. Hahu, the words viyatsu and the words umadadu are used for something else. Lichadatanya. Viyatsu hein veloy Even though in Torah there's a rule of shliach. Shall Adam Kamaisai, but we do not say that on mitzvah Shabagufai. I have to put on Tfilin. I cannot appoint someone to put on Tfilin on my behalf. This, these members of the Sanhedrin, they have to go out. They can't send Shluchim. They can't use the rule of Shliach Shal Adam Kamaisai. Do they have to actually do the measuring or do they have to go out? So many people touch, no, that's the thing. They have to do it. The elder himself has to take the measuring string, as they had then, and measure. Umadadu comes to teach you another din. Even if it's clear that the corpse is near one city, clear meaning, why, why am I measuring city A, city B? You see, city A is 50 feet away, city B is 50 miles away. What are you measuring for? So the din is how you you still have to measure. Again, a very important machlekes reshainim. What does it mean you have to measure? Do you have to measure to two cities? Or do you have to measure to the closed city? Many reshainim say, if it's ba'alil, or if it's clear, one city is mamish a block away. 
You're right outside the city. The other city is many miles away. Why do you have to measure to the second city? Now the Torah says, you have to measure. Okay, measure to the closer city. Measure to one city. Other Rishonim say, you have to measure to at least two to determine to which one is the corpse closer to. She mitzvah la'asik b'medida. It's a mitzvah to do the measuring. And as the Rishonim give various reasons. Number one, the more measuring is done, the more known this whole story, the whole tragedy becomes, so we can find the murderer. Don't forget, the responsibility on the larger community is only in the absence of us knowing who did it. Once we discover who murdered, then there's no din of Eglarufa. And number two, Adri Shainim, even if we're not going to find the murderer, there's many other halachic issues. Kiyimatze ish, khalal, we don't know who that person is. If you don't know who that person is, that means that there's a woman out there whose husband disappeared, and she's an aguna. There's estates that are not being yarshin. There are many issues that come to be when we don't know who the corpse is. So even if we're not going to find the murderers, the more the Sanhedrin members go and they measure, the more it creates a knowledge. People know about it. So we'll, we'll find out, let's at least find out who the person is. And Halavai, let's find out who murdered him or her. Right. The measuring is not just to ascertain, ascertain the city. Exactly. Right. says the Gemara, our mission is not like Rabbi Yezer ben Yaakov. This is so beautiful to flow, because for those of us who learned the previous few dafin, we learned also in the previous Mishnayis that the Gemara pointed out that our Mishnayis is not like Rabbi Yezer ben Yaakov. The Tanya, Rabbi Yezer ben Yaakov, not three, not five. Zikeinecha goes to the Sanhedrin. And you know what that means, Sanhedrin? As the Gemara is going to clarify, the entire Sanhedrin went out. And you know what Shreftecha means? Not only the Sanhedrin. You know who our judges are? Both the king and the Kohen Gadol. You know, a society that, that becomes so sensitive to an unsolved murder is the greatest of societies. And as many people point out that in the Torah, as we said, like in the Mishnahis, Rebbe followed the Seder HaKsuvim, there is a juxtaposition between Eglar Rufa and the dinam of going to war. And many times when societies go to war, you become desensitized to killing. So the Torah says, when there's war, avada choyve mitzvah, even reshus, war is war. It has its place, it has its time. But when it's not in the time of war, even one murder, even when we're not blaming it, we don't know who did it, we don't close the file or here, the file is open. If you don't find the murderer, then you have to come to some sort of resolution. We are very sensitive to it. Who? The Sanhedrin, the king, the Kohen God. Melech, how, why does a shefet go to a melech as it says? Yes, a mitzvah only in Eretz Yisrael. Melech b'mishpat yamad Eretz. That a melech establishes the land through mishpat. So a melech is called a shefet. Kohen Gadol, as it says, Ubas el referring to the Kohen Gadol, asks the Gemara, but when it comes to Sanhedrin, Rabbi Yezid bin Yaakov did not articulate how many of the Sanhedrin, or maybe all of them, is he going either like Rabbi Yehuda, five, or like Rabbi Shimon, he's adding, or meaning, oh, question, what did he mean? So Rabbi Yosef attempts to prove, to clarify, from the following b'raiser, Tashima, his proof will be refuted, but his conclusion is correct, which is all the Sanhedrin. So it says in a b'raiser, 
the Braisa is teaching us the din of a Zokin Mamri. A Zokin Mamri means an elder, not any elder. An elder that has real smicha. An elder that halachically could have joined the great Sanhedrin. That when the Sanhedrin g'doyla only, when they render a ruling, when they paskind a halacha, and this elder who is knowledgeable doesn't challenge them theoretically, which is great, yagul treyadir, but he challenges their ruling. He doesn't say, you know, I would have thought otherwise. But no, they're saying kosher. He's saying no treif. He's telling people to do otherwise. That person sometimes can be killed. It's an offense that bears a capital punishment. So says the Braisa that you know where do we have the din of Azak in Mamre? Only when he went against, when he rebelled a ruling from the great Sanhedrin that was given while they were sitting in their place, which ideally is in what we call the Lishkas Hagazes. There was a room called the Chamber of the Cut Stone. And while they were sitting in that chamber and they gave a ruling, and then you have the Zakan Mamri challenging that ruling, practically, that's the din of a Zakan Mamri. But if Matzon, Zakan Mamri, Abbe Page, there was an area within the outer walls of Yerushalayim, but within the, within the old city, we'll speak more about that in a moment, called Bay Pagi. In other words, if the Sanhedrin was in this place, and he's going to try to prove all of them were there, and they gave Veer a ruling for whatever reason. And he challenged that ruling. You think that rebellion is a rebellion that bears a capital punishment? No. Meaning, the, the din, the seriousness, which the capital punishment seriousness of him rebelling against the ruling is only if the ruling was given in their ideal place while they were sitting in their chamber. Asks the Gemara now, says Rabbi Yosef, attempting to prove Rabbi Yosef ben Yaakov, hey, one second, how many people went out there? What's the case? If only some of them were in this place called Beipagi. Why, to begin with, do you have to find an exemption from Vakamta Violisa, Min You don't need that. If it wasn't all of the Sanhedrin that gave a ruling, why are we calling him someone who's rebelling? Maybe the ones that were inside would have agreed with him. And to add more than that, you know, the rule by the Sanhedrin is you go after the majority. You know when that rule is there? When all of them were there, and you had majority saying A, and the minority said B, and they all concluded, based on the rule of majority, all of them, we follow the majority. Only there do you have the din of Azak and Mamri. But it, even if the majority of them were Bebe Pagi, the very fact that they gave a ruling not in front of the minority, that's not, that's not a real ruling of the Sanhedrin, upon which there is no din of rebelling against it, without the exemption of the Kamta the Olisa. Elopshita, the Kulei, that they are all in Beipagi. Ha, how can they all leave the Sanhedrin? Why exactly did they go there? If they went to Ladvara Shus, if they went there for something that's not mitzvah related, they're not allowed to do that. Are they allowed to leave the Lishkas Hagazes when it says, and here there's a passage of Shira Shirim, that, uh, you know, like in Shira Shirim. So, Shoredeh, your navel is uh, as beautiful as Again Hasa'ar, it's shaped like a moon, which is like a basin, it's rounded. And then Shlem HaMelech says, Al Yechzer HaMozek, when you pour wine, make sure that you don't over-dilute it. Parenthetically, we learned together the first time in Sachim, 
Tavkuf Zayin. And there we learned that, that the way they diluted the wine was to put three portions water and one portion wine. And it was recently, remind me, was it was a Nazar, it was in a Dadim, that we learned certain Abarayim, that he poured wine to someone who was blind, who was that with, and he tasted and he says, ah, it's you, because you are the one that dilutes it three to one. Here, the dilution is much weaker. It's stronger wine. Shlem HaMelech is speaking about, don't over-dilute wine, meaning only put two parts against the wine. No, the wine should be a third, not a fourth. And if you overly water it, you know, you're favasiting, you're ruining the shtarkeit of the wine. Now, that is the literal taich. So he was speaking about the beauty of a body part and the greatness of wine that's strong. What does it mean? Homiletically, the Gemara is taiching it. Who is the navel? The navel is the center of the body. As hopefully we'll get on Daphne Hamid base. The core. Who is the core of the Jewish people? What are we centered around Taito? Who is the Taito Shabalpeh, the Sanhedrin? So they are called the navel. The navel of the Jewish people, which is the navel of the world. And when it says that Shadarech, that your navel is Again Hasad, it's like Agan Hasad, it's like a, 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 a crescent, like a moon shape. That's because they sat in a semicircle. So he was speaking about the Sanhedrin. And on them he said, Al Yechzer HaMozeik. Meaning, you have to always have at least one third staying in their place. Now really, 70 you can't divide into three, but 69 divided into three is 23. Or it's three times a small Sanhedrin. And that's the din. That during the times that they needed to sit, which is in between Tamad Shal Shachet and Tamad Shal Bein Harbayim, you can leave, but you needed to always leave 23 members or more. As he says over here, If one of them needs to leave, he has to make sure, words, the dilution, you have at least the ichor, the wine, a third according to, the, to this Gemara, then you can leave. But you can't leave. So how did they all leave to Beipagi? Elot must be, they went for a mitzvah. For some reason, the Gemara doesn't say it was after hours. Mikan, maybe for a dying, there's no such a thing as after hours, homiletically. Technically, they sat there during a certain time. But what mitzvah? If it must be, it must be they went to measure the Eglaruf. Now, one second, Rabbi Yehuda says five. Rabbi Shimon says three. How do you get to the all of Sanhedrin? Ah, Rabbi Yehuda ben Yaakov. So Abayah says to Rabbi Yosef, Herzachayim, this is not a proof in itself. This that you quoted. Because there are other mitzvahs. For example, this is very important. When we halachically expanded Yerushalayim, which we did in the past and we will do when Mashiach comes, there are halachas about it. And we'll learn about this. It's beautiful. There's a whole ceremony. Including you have to have people physically walking on this new boundary. Including all of the Sanhedrin. And that is both when you expand the walls of Yerushalayim. That's also when you expand the Azara, which was done. When you expand the halachic space of the Azara, it has to be done by getting all the members of Sanhedrin and Kahanim, and there's the blowing of shoifres, there's a whole ceremony, they all have to be there. It could be it's lohis of al-ha'ir, or it's lohis of al-na'azaris. Kitatran, like we learn in the Mishnah, that ein moisifen al-ha'ir v'al-azaris, ela, bebeizdin shol shivim v'yechad, and all of them. So, you're asking, what were they doing on Beipagi? Beipagi is the area that's in the outside of the boundaries of Yerushalayim, within the walls. So actually, it, it appears that they were there to expand the city of Yerushalayim, to add halachically kedushas Yerushalayim to a larger area. 
Says the Gemara, I want you to know, yeah, the Braise that Rabbi Yosef quoted doesn't prove. However, Tanya Kavosa the Rabbi Yosef, there is a clear Braise that says the same thing, but there, there are more words. That Matzon Abbe's Page, that if the Zakin Mamri found the Sanhedrin on the Bay Page, and, and there he went against a ruling that they said outside the Lishkas Hagazes, this Braise explains what they were doing there. And one of the reasons why they were there, says the Braise, Kigain Shiyotsu Lumadidas Eglo. Not Rabbi Shimon, not Rabbi Huda. You only need three, you only need five. And when you're not doing a mitzvah, you have to leave at least a, a third clear. Or if they came to add on the city, or if they came to add on the Azores. Now, what were the Azores doing all the way to Bay Pag? That's still this Yerushalayim area. What if there's a, you know, a, a, Oh, no, 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 you're confusing two things. One second. The din of, of Zakin Mamli has nothing to do with Agla Rufa. It's just Sanhedrin is out. And why would they go out? And the Braise uses as an example, they went out because they were going to measure. So they were running. Imagine, you see the whole Sanhedrin. Every Talmud uh, Chachem, oh, a Machaya. Do you think they, they walked in peace? They were being uh, attacked in a good way by every, every person. What's the din here? What's the din there? And uh, someone asked him a question, and the whole Sanhedrin says, yeah, 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 that's the din. And the Zakin Mamari had this opportunity to say, ah, eh, they don't know what they're talking about. And he said, do different. If not for the Vakamta Valisa, maybe that's Zakin Mamari. So Yochul Tehei Amarose Hamaro, Tamad Lemi Vakamta Valisa, Malamit Shahamakim Goyim, Vaitim. Said our Mishnah, Nimza Tamun Begal, if the corpse, if the hollow was covered by a pile, or if the hollow was hanging in the tree. So our Mishnah gave a different word of the Pasik to exclude every one of the three. And our Mishnah used the words um, right? To teach you that he has to be on the ground, not covered. Asks the Gemara, maybe. Our Mishnah can only be Rabbi Yehuda and not the Chachamim. Why? The Tanya. And now we're going to compare just the words Beis. Beis means in or Beis means on. There's a din of Shikha. We spoke that out just recently. Shikha is that when we are gathering the wheat in our fields, after they were made into bundles, if the one who is gathering it forgets one or two bundles, he's not allowed to go back to get it. Says the Mishnah. You know what? That excludes. You know what's not included? Tamun. If I forgot one or two bundles, but they were forgotten while they were covered with whatever. So it's, you know, I forgot them. They were not visible. They're, I'm allowed to go and get them. They are excluded from shikha because the trader says the words basada. Basada means on the field, not in the field. Comes the chachamim? No. Fakered. The words in the field, basada means in the field. In the field means even if they were hidden, they are included in shikha. So Lahura, the Rabbanan, cannot agree with our Mishnah. Our Mishnah can only be Rabbi Yehuda. Why, why, why is it only Alpanei? What's wrong if he's covered with a pile of stones? Fakert, Bo'adama should mean in the ground, says Rav, Rav, Afilotem Rabbanon. That really, does Ba or Be, does it mean on or in, that you have to look at the context of the Pasuk. Adding the words of the Barach. That 
Hacha minyana dikra, here in the din of Eglar Rufa, dikhsiv, back in our Gemara, ki yamatzi chalel, and the Torah just saying those words would already imply wherever he's found. The words ki yamatzi chalel in itself already would have included even if he's covered. The Torah doesn't have to add the word ba'adama. So when the Torah writes something that's not needed, so we're changing. If ba'adama means everywhere, so here ba'adama means less, only on, even according to the Chachamim. They agree with that. Prat However, over there, in the law of Shikha, what does it say? Ki tzikzor, ki tzircha, bisadcha, vishachachta oimer. Since there is a juxtaposing of the words cutting and forgetting, so you would have thought, shikha dumi the katsir, just like cutting. What wheat did you cut? That which was covered. Begali. So you might have thought shikha is only begali. So here where the Torah has the words bisade, it comes to add something that you wouldn't have known. What wouldn't you have known? According to the Chachamim, what Rabbi says Atomun. Now, it's so good, so it's not from the Ba. It's really asking about Rabbi Yehuda. According to Rabbi Yehuda, Nami, Teipoklei, Meshikha, why did Rabbi Yehuda say that Vishachachto Eimer Basad Prat Litamun? Why does he use the words Basad? According to Rabbi Yehuda, you don't need the words Basad. It's not from the words Basad. What does Rabbi Yehuda hold? What does Rabbi Yehuda hold? that if you forgot something that's covered, then it's not called forgetting. Why from Basada? Say, because of the juxtaposing. Shikha is only on something that you cut. And if it's something that's hidden, so you don't, you don't harvest it because you don't see it, so there, there's no shikha. Why did he need the word Basada? Says the Gemara, Really, Rabbi Yehuda uses the word Basada to teach you something else. The Torah explicitly is speaking about a person who already cut the wheat. They are already bundled. If you forgot one or two bundles, then you're not allowed to go and get it. What were to happen if there was another forgetfulness here? You didn't cut it yet. It's still standing. You push it. You forgot an area which you did not cut. So Rabbi Yehuda uses the word kama basade, which is extra. We know Prat from the juxtaposing. The word Basada comes to teach you anything in the field is included in the din of Shikha. Says the Gemara Verabanan. Shikha's kama minalohu. They used Basada to include Tamun. So how do they know this din? So Nafkalei from the words Kisikzard, Kitsircha, Bisodecha, Vishokhachto. In other words, anything that's in your field, anything. Whether it was already caught, even if it's not caught on it, the shachakta. Here the shachakta is to harvest rather than you left it alone. Very good. And Rabbi Yehuda uses the juxtaposing of Kitsircha, Bisodecha, to teach you another din that was taught by Rabbi Bohu in the name of Rabbi Lazar. in the name of Rabbi Lazar. Prat, what's going to happen? What's going to happen if after I harvested my field and I have bundles, if wind, the word safu means to float, but here it means the wind blew away a bundle from my field and it fell on my neighboring field. 
So the trade is telling you, you know where you're not allowed to go back. You know where there's a den shikha. If it's in your field, if it's in his field, you could go get it, even only for one. Virabanan, the Rabbanan say, yeah. You know that by the fact that the Torah said the words bisadecha, the Torah could have written the words bisada. From the words bisada, we would have known of, we know the din of shikhas kama. Anything that's in the field, shikha. The word sadecha comes to exclude. And Rabbi Yehuda, that detail, bisada, bisadecha, there's nothing extra. So therefore, he cannot learn like the Chachamim. Ask the Gemara, what happens if I harvested my field? And sofu aymadim l'teich sodeu ay. There's bundles that flew, but they are not standing on the ground. The wind blew them on top of something else. Rashi says they are on top of a rock. They, they are on something not on the ground. Do we say avir hasodik yisodadami? And therefore. They're on the ground, and therefore I'm not allowed to get them. The din of shikha, or do we say lafka sadodami? So I'm lafka hana lelaf papi. I'm lafka hana lelaf zvid. Why don't we learn this from the words that Rabbo said in the name of Rabbi Elazar? What did what did Rabbi Elazar say? Prat litzafu oimadam l'toich sadei chaveroi. That if the wind blew a sheaf, a bundle on my neighbor's field, that's where there's no shikha. What does that imply? Why is there no shikha? Why am I allowed to get it? Because it's bechaveiroi. Chaveiroi in, but if it would have flown on my own field, then it's not exempt. Says the Gemara, you can't prove it from his words. Really? Because according to you, l'toich sadei chaveiroi also, why did he use the words tzafu? Why did he use the words floating? They're floating. What were to happen if a bundle of mine is laying on my neighbor's field? It's not on top of a rock. It's on the ground. The din is also, I'm allowed to get it. There is no shikha. So when he used the words tzafu, tzafu was lavdafka. So it must be that anything in my neighbor's field, I'm allowed to get. Why did he use the words tzafu? He's just speaking practically. How did it get there? It got there because the wind was blowing it. Normally when wind blows things around, it ends up in the neighbor. So he only used words because that's the usual. But you can't prove from his wording, only stay chaveroi. So we're back to the question. Question is, if there is a bundle or two, that whether the wind blew it there, it's not on the ground. It's floating. So in our Mishnah, by the din of Eglarufa, we learned that from the words, basada, veloit, saf al a floater is not included in Eglarufa. Question is, is something not on the ground included in the prohibition of shikha? Tashima, we quote that Sefta, Oymer Shehechzik if I, not the wind, I picked up a bundle. And when I picked it up, my kavana was, I'm taking it to sell. And for whatever reason, I put it down for a moment. And I put it on top of another bundle. and I forgot both of them. Two bundles, normally a shikha. It's only three or more. Says this Tisefta, the bottom one is shikha. The top one is not called shikha. Comes Rab Shimon ben Yehuda, the name of Rab Shimon. Both of them are not shikha. I can get both of them back. Why? The bottom one is not shikha because of the din of tamun. If you hold like tamun, it was covered. It was covered min demino. We'll get to that in a moment, but it's called covered. Ha'elion because it's uh, floating and it's not on the ground. Says the Gemara, at Kanli Pligi, the only question in this Braisa, this Tosefta, is only regarding the bottom one. But when it comes to the top one, everyone, everyone holds. 
that the top one is not included in shikha, so that should be a proof that if it's soft, if it's floating, floaters are not included in shikha. Says the Gemara, no proof. Maybe over there in the Tisefta, you know why there's no shikha? Not because of the din of floating. Because you already picked it up. What does forgetting mean? The forgetting means I'm gathering, and I forgot to gather one or two bundles. If I did not forget it, I gathered it already, I'm holding it in my hand, later forgetting it is not included in shikha. But not because of the din of tzaf. Even the achzik bey, If that's the case, asks the Gemara, why did Tesefta have to speak about a case that I put it down on another bundle, even if I put it on the ground? I should also be exempt from shikha. I should be allowed to take it. I feel nami. Says the Gemara, you're right. The reason why the Bryce spoke about Agave Chaveiroi was only to speak out the argument between Abshimen and the Tanakama regarding what does Tamun mean? Is it Tamun or not? I, the Braisa, use the words because it's tzaf. So it explains the Gemara, there's no proof from there. What the Braisa meant was, it's as if it is tzaf. Meaning, meaning, like Rashi says, being that I picked it up to take it to the city, even though physically I put it down, halachically it's still in the ear. Meaning, halachically it's still in my hand. There was never shikha. Shikha is only that you never gathered it. Once you gathered it once, once it was in your hand, even though it left your hand, homiletically, all the Torah that we learned, that we think we forget, once we got it, it's in here somewhere. You have to just bring it out. How can it be the owner if you never touched it? Yeah. No, no, the owner touched it. The owner touched it. No, I'm the owner. I gathered it. That's the question. The, for the first one, if it's an owner, you already touched it. If you already did... No, Omer means touched always. No, Omer means that I, I tied it. Yeah. First you tie it. That's in Chumash. From that, you tie it. Then you cut it. That was the Seder. You didn't cut it first. If not, it would fall apart. And then you gathered it. So Shikh is, I cut it, but I never took it after I cut it. So if you took it, even if you put it down, it's as if it's floating it's as if it's still in my hands. Okay, so the question is unresolved. Let's move on. Says the Gemara. That's the din. That's the din. So says the Gemara. Omar Look at this lashon. Hareini ke Azai Today, I'm like Ben Azai, as Ben Azai is or was in the marketplaces of Tiveria. What's Ben Azai in Tiveria? Ben Azai had a tremendous sharp mind, and the entire Torah was in front of his head. And when you asked the question, he right away knew the answer. And there was some sort of what we, we would call today stumped the rabbi, not only when he was in the yeshiva focused on learning, even when he was in the marketplace, even if he was buying something, people used to ask him questions and his sharpness, his knowledge and the accessibility, his memory was just phenomenal. So when Abaya felt sharp, he used to say, you know, right now I'm like Benazai in the marketplace of Tavaria. Ask me whatever you want, I'll know the answer. Good. So they asked him a question. It's amazing how we just learned this Tosefta and we hear the question and we still have to think for a second to put two and two together. When they asked the, uh, Abayi the question, he didn't just learn this Tosefta. It's amazing how right away from the whole Torah Shabbat Peh, he brought this Tosefta in. What did they ask him? They asked him not laws of Shikha. The Tosefta was about Shikha. They asked him about Egla Rufa. So they said, if you have two Halalim, if there are two people that were found killed, one is on top of the other. So they asked him, Mehechan who maided? From which one do you measure? Now, really, there are four options. Interestingly, the Gemara speaks out three, 
And Rashi says the fourth, have your own seichel, figure out on your own. What are, what, are, what are the issues here? So here are the issues. There's something called mindeminoi. Mindeminoi means that if something is like something else, we can view both of them as extensions of each other. Now, there are a few dinim. In the Mishnah, we learned three dinim, but let's speak about two. Number one, egla rufa is only if it's on the ground, not if it's floating. So if the top one is on top of the bottom one, maybe the top one is called a floater. It's not on the ground. Or, min beminoi, they're both on the ground. We also learned in our Mishnah, tamun. Tamun means that if a corpse is found covered, so the example the Mishnah gave was bagal, with stones. What happens if one corpse, the bottom one is covered with the top one? Is the bottom one covered? Or min beminoi, it's considered revealed. So there are really four options. Let's read it out over here. Let's read it. We'll read it all inside. We can say one without the other. So here I've already four options. That um, option number one would be min beminoi is still called tamun. The bottom one is called covered. I it's covered with another corpse. But the bottom one is covered, and therefore, for the bottom one there's no din of eglarufa. But for the top one, umin beminoi, it's not called floating. So therefore, the top one is on the ground. So you would bring an Eglarufa for the top one. Option number one. Ume Elian Moitit. Option number two. Oidilma. Min Beminoi is called Saf. The top one is called a floater. It's not on the ground. There's no Eglarufa. But the bottom one is not called Tamun. Because it's being covered with another corpse. And therefore you measure from the bottom one. Umi Tachten Moitit. Oidilma. Option number three in the Gemara. Min Beminoi Havat Tamun. Umin Beminoi Havat Saf. Let's be consistent. In other words, it's called hidden, it's called a floater, and therefore you don't bring not from the Tachten and not from the Elyon. And the last Rashi, for who had in, right, three or four lines from the bottom, you can say the opposite that Min Beminoi is not called Taman, Min Beminoi is not called Saf, and therefore not it's covered, not it's bring from both. Oh, imagine, don't forget, we just learned the law of Shikha. You see now, think about the greatness of Abaya. We just learned the law of Shikha. Put it together, takes a second. He didn't learn right then. He knew he had in his head the whole title, and he right away brought this. So Amale, Abaya said, turning to Ahmed, Tinisua, huh? I have a Tisefta that answers this question. What's the Tisefta, what we just learned? That I own a field, and I harvested my grain. And there was a bundle, one bundle that I picked up with a kavana, I'm taking it into the city. But before I did that, I put it, the example the Braisa gave, even though the Gemara said Lav Davka for the previous sugya, but the example of this Isefta is, I put it down on another bundle. And now I forgot. So what did we learn? I forgot both of them. So we learned like this. Hatachtoin is called Shikha. Ha'elyoin is not called Shikha. What did Rab Shimon ben Yehuda say in the name of Rab Shimon? That they're both not shikha. Why not? Hatachtain because it's tamun. And ha'elyain because it's tzaf. That's the third option. No, no, no. That's, that's not a, One second, one second. No, 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 no. And Sivarua, the Rabbanan, the Beimidrasha, thought that both of them, both the Tanakama and Abshimim ben Yehuda, holds like Rabbi Yehuda, which holds that by shikha, we say basade prat letamun. Let's begin with that premise. Was if it's tamun, then there will be no shikha. So what's their argument? Why would the bottom one 
bishikha or not bishikha. The bottom one was covered min beminai with another bundle. So my love, bahakam ifligi. The mar savar min beminai have a tamun. Umar savar min beminai lay have a tamun. Now, Turani, to what you're saying, and Ashi points out right away, Abaya never attempted to bring this b'risa regarding tzof, min demino or not. Because we learned in our Gemara that maybe the reason why on the top one there's no shikha, it's not because it's floating and not on the ground. Because since I took it to take it to the city, even though I physically put it down, halachically it's as if it's in my hand. Not because of tzof. So he never attempted to prove part of the question, but he did attempt to prove from this Braisa that according to everyone, based on his premise that the whole Braisa goes according to Rabbi Yehuda, the Machloikis in the Braisa is this Machloikis. Is Min Demina considered Taman or not? That's a very important Machloikis. You know, we learn in Hasidus. God hid himself. What exactly did God use to hide himself? What power did God use to do Tzimtzum? Another godly power. So is he hidden or not? It's mindeminoi. Mindeminoi is is God hidden or not? Depends how you look at the world. If we're gonna mindeminoi is not tamun. Huh? There we go. He hid the hidden, but even yeah. Let's go in Gemara. So, okay. So says the Gemara. Loi. Loi meaning yeah. It's, it's it's you're brilliant. He brought a good brisa to the subject. But to say that the Machloikas is certainly between the Tanakama and Rab Shimon, the Mishum Rab Shimon, is it whether it's Tom and Mindeminoi? No. I can tell you that if everyone would have held like Rabbi Yehuda, everyone would have held Mindeminoi, is considered Tamun. It is Tamun. But don't forget that we learned on Daphnem Hey Amadalaf in the beginning of the Amid, the middle of the Amid, not everyone agrees. By shikha, with the concept of tamun. In our Mishnah, Egla Rufa, everyone agrees to, even the Chachamim agree that tamun is not included in Egla Rufa. By shikha, it's a is tanoi. We don't care if it's tamun. So maybe it can be the machlaikis. Is tamun an, ex- an, 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 an exception or not? Min deminoi lukula alma is tamun. We don't care that it's Taman. We have Dinim Shikha on Taman. And I'm Shem and Yehuda. Can I be Yehuda that there's no Shikha? If that's the case, asks the Gemara, my ideal Gabba Chaveroi, why did the Braisa use an example of you putting one bundle on another bundle? Why couldn't he say that you put it Ba'afar or you put it Bitzroid? Because don't forget, according to the Chachamim, right, there's no Din of Taman by Shikha. Which means, even if it's buried in the ground, still a shikha, you forgot it. Nami and a chanami. True. Okay. This is very important. Again, you know, you read the dinim, you read the chumash, without Hashem's explaining, we have no idea what the, what the mitzvah is. When the Torah says the words chalol, we have a tradition. Chalol means killed with a metal item, with a metal instrument, or with a sharp metal instrument. There's a lot of discussion here. And not chanuk, not someone who was strangled. Which means if someone is found murdered, we don't know who killed him, but the way that person was killed was through strangulation, there is no din of Eglarufa. Now there are those Rishonim here, the Me'idi and others that say, 
but there's a big debate about it. But the Me'idi says, we, the Egla Arufa, the whole ceremony, is only when we know for sure that the person was murdered, and it's for sure not a suicide. And that's the way the Me'idi understands, Veloy Chanuk, because when a person is found strangulated, there's a possibility that it was self-inflicted. And according to him, if you can know, even by a strangulation, not this strangulation was not a suicide, then we would have the din of Egla Rufa. That's one approach to this Braisa. Many other Rishonim say it has nothing to do with us knowing whether he was for sure murdered or maybe it was a suicide. It's Pasha the Halacha. When do you have the din of Egla Rufa? Only when the person was found killed with a knife. And we'll see soon, we should get there in Mitzvah now, that according to Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov in the Mishnah, only if they were killed by their neck with a knife. In other words, if they were murdered, according to one understanding of Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, there's so much discussion here, but according to one approach, that if the person was murdered and with a knife and not by the neck, no din of Egla Rufa. But that we'll learn later. Now we're just learning about Cholol and not Chanuk. Another din says the Braisa, Cholol v'loi mefarper. Mefarper means when a person is uh, about to die and they are, they're sitting, they're, they're uh, throwing themselves around. If someone is found that way, there's no din of Egla Rufa. Now, people argue, of course, he's not dead yet. So many people understand this Braisa to say the following, that if the person is found now being mefarper, and then when we went back to that person, he was a couple of feet away, dead. And we want to know now, from where do we do the measuring? And especially when there are two cities that are almost equally nearby, so the Braith is saying the measuring is not done from where the act of the crime happened. The measuring has to be done from where the person was found not living, and not from where he was found, Mefarper. There are other meanings as well, but we got to move on. Bo'adama... Here the Braise says what we learned in our Mishnah, and as the Gemara explained, even according to the Chachamim by Shikha, the loy tamun bagal, not if he was covered with a pile. Noifel, when the Torah says the words noifel, not if he's hanging. Basada means not if he's, if he's floating on water or on any other item, aside of min beminoi. However, now we're learning, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer says, that in all of the cases that we spoke about, the Tanakhama giving exemptions, only imhoya cholol orphan. The only exemption is cholol and not chanuk. But aside of the exemption of chanuk, not eglarufa, he disagrees. If he's found floating on water, there is eglarufa. If he's found covered with a pile of rocks, there is Egla Rufa. Now the question is, what did he mean with Mefarper? But whatever the Tanakama was excluding, he disagrees with the Tanakama, but everyone agrees to the concept Cholol V'loi Chanuk. Literally, only if he was killed with a metal instrument and not if the person died through any other means. A gunshot is a metal instrument. A, a, a bullet is metal. That's like the whole concept that we find, you know, by killing Bishoigig, that it has to be even a Shoigig with an instrument that could kill. When it comes to metal, Rashi Chumash, even uh, the smallest piece of metal. Metal kills. Other instruments have a minimum size. In Taka today, with the gun, you know, with the bullets, we see that Taka, the smallest thing, can kill the Gibig is Gibber. Tanya, Tanya, we learned in the Brai. So, Amr Abiyasi, Bari Yehuda. 
One second. Don't you agree that if the person was strangled and he's bimashal ashba, very important. Not ashba for tzaf, not ashba for tamun. If he's laying in the garbage dump, we're together with garbage, she'ein arfin, which he does agree to. Alma, don't you hold that chalol is v'loi chanuk? You agree to that. In other words, you are using the words in the Torah as exclusionary dinim. Chalol means chalol and not something else. So what's with the word adama? Why didn't, why didn't you say adama and not covered? Why didn't you say neifel not hanging? Why didn't you say on the field and not floating? Answers the Gemara, this is very important, that the Rabbi Lazar does not use any original word for any exclusion. The only reason why he says chalol and not chanok is because chalol is repeated more than once. And Ashi gives an example that Ashi on the right side where Tosfos normally is before the Mishnah, that it says, The whole parsha is speaking about a chalol. Here the Pasuk could have written, That's near it. It meaning the corpse. We're speaking about a corpse. So because of the extra chalol back in the Gemara, that excludes chalol and atchanuk. The word adama is written for the first time. The word neifel is written for the first time. The word basada is written for the first time. That's a very important machlaikas. When it comes to all of the lemudim, now when it comes to an asmachta, really, an asmachta can be anything the chachamim say. But if we're is saying that this word comes to teach, the Torah has to tell you, Pashat, where did you find them? You know, it's almost ain't over safe. You know, these jokes, a person wanted to sell a face lemonade and you had to pay for the sign. Every word cost a dollar, so you hopped to put nothing. Because everything, Avada, what I'm going to write is being sold. What, what do you think I'm doing? Here, of course I'm here. Lemonade, you can see it's lemonade. No, it's Lahavdal. When the trader's writing words, Rabbi Lazar holds, the trader says, Kimatsi Chalol, Neifel Ba'adama. What are you going to write? Kimatsi Chalol, where did you find him? The trader's writing, you found a Chalol, Neifel Ba'adama, Vachuli. Okay, next Mishnah. Next Gemara. Oil ear shein sham beizdin. The beina ziknei ha'ir v'leke. Why is it excluded? Because the Torah says ziknei ha'ir of that city. Then the Mishnah concluded with the words, as we learned in the previous year, that ein moededin elo leir sheish sham beizdin. Explains the Gemara. You know what the Mishnah is telling you? Pshita asks the Gemara. Why do you have to say that you only measure to a city that has a Bezdin? You just said, Kivan the tunnel Bezdin, there is no Eglarufa. So isn't it obviously understood as on the Yodana? The Bezdin. Answers the Gemara, no. The Mishnah put together three ex- three exceptions. Sfar, Ir Shurubdo Evdikhavim, and Ir Sha'in Sham Bezdin. So the Mishnah wants to make it clear that the third din is not like the first two. When the corpse is found near a, 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 the border to outside Eretz Yisrael, when the corpse is found near a city that has in its majority inhabitants non-Jews, there, there is no din Eglarufa at all. The exception of to a city that doesn't have a basin says the Gemara that it's not that you don't do any measurings. Hakamash Mulan, Kidatanya. That ninayin shem nimtza somach liir sheein ba beizdin shemanichin oisa we ignore that city, but there is a din of eglarufa. You do measure, but you you measure to the other surrounding cities that do have batei dinim. Umayda dim liir sheyesham beizdin talmud loimer v'lakuzikni ha'ir. And the word ha'ir is extra. Rashi says so. The extra word ha'ir comes to teach you mikal makayim. So that's why the Mishnah concludes with apparent 
additional words. It's not additional words. It's coming to teach you that you do the mitzvah of Eglarufa to the other nearby cities, the ones that do have a basin. Continues the Mishnah. If you find a corpse that is exactly in between two cities, obviously, when you go to this exactitude, first of all, the Gemara is going to point out there is a machlekes in Bukhairis, whether halachically the words are efsher letzamtsem or efsher letzamtsem. In other words, do we say that one physical thing is never equally close or far from two others? The only reason why it appears to us that it's equal is because we don't know how to measure precisely. There's a machlekes tanoim. It's not a machlekes in Metzias, it's a machlekes in Halacha. There's a certain amount of closeness that halachically is no longer counted as space because it's such a small space. So let's understand that our Mishnah holds like the opinion that Efsher Lutzamtzum, we know how to measure. Our measuring is valid halachically and it's measured equal to two different cities. Obviously, you have to know from where do you measure. That will be part of this Mishnah. So our Mishnah holds, Mi Divri Rabbi Eliezer, each city brings an Eglarufa. What are the other options? So in Mesechtas Bechayres, there are two Braises. In both Braises, the Chachamim argue with Rabbi Eliezer. But in each Braise, the Chachamim say a different opinion. In one Braise, they say, Efsher Lutzamtzum. And being that it's taka halachically equally close to two cities, the Torah only gave the din for one city. If there's two cities, none of them bring. The other Braise holds, that the Chachamim hold, Efsher Lutzamtzum. Meaning, it's for sure only near to one city. One city is nearer than the other. We don't know how to measure. So there's a suffix as to which city needs to bring. So they both bring together. So there's one Eglarufa from the money of both, and each one speaks out. If I'm the closest one, it's mine. If you're the closest one, it's yours. Our Abeliezer holds two dinim, Efsher Litzamtzim, and two, two cities can bring. It doesn't have to be one city, and they both bring. Another din in the Mishnah, din number two, the Ein Yerushalayim via Eglarufa. Yerushalayim is not from the cities that bring an Eglarufa. And as the Gemara explained, as we learned in the previous Dav, it's not that there, if there is a corpse near Yerushalayim, it's the closest city, there is no Eglarufa. That's not what the Mishnah is saying. What the Mishnah is saying is, Yerushalayim is not part of the count. We don't measure to Yerushalayim. But you measure to the other near cities. And the nearest city taking out Yerushalayim to the corpse is the one that brings the Eglarufa. Din number three, what happens if if the head is found in one place, and the body is in another place, says our Mishnah, you bring the head near the body. Rabbi Kiva holds, you bring the body near the head. Very meaningful, because the head is the Rebbe, and we're the body, and if God forbid there's a disconnect, exactly what needs to happen. There's two approaches. You know, there's a responsibility on the head to go near the body. But Rabbi Kiva, who represents the Baal Tshuva, it's Melmata Lomaila. He says, okay, what God does, what God does, what the Tzaddik does, but we have to go near the head. Now the Mishnah concludes the final din. Ma'ayin exactly from where in the corpse did they measure? You're coming and telling me there are two cities that are exactly close. Well, it means even, a, even in a millimeter. So from where do you measure? It's not from the head or for the toe. What is the point of measuring? Again, Amachlaikis. Rabbi Yezer holds mitiburai from the navel, from the core. Rabbi Kiva says, from the nose. And now you have 
a third opinion, which is, which is Mitzavarei, as we'll learn in Mitzvah Shem and the Gemara, one way of understanding Rabbi Yezer ben Yaakov, that even Cholol, not just Cholol, Cholol made Savari measure from the neck. Just to speak out like this, we'll conclude with these words. What's the argument? Do you measure from the nose or do you measure from the stomach? So the nose is where a person breathes from. So a principal life is from Ruchnius. What does the stomach represent? The place from where we eat, our connection to the earth. So what is our life? Do we look at our spirit? And of course, if you look at the highest of a person, God is the life force. Or do you look at our purpose? What is our purpose? Why did God give us life? To elevate this world. We are here to, to do the Aveda of Birurim, beginning with eating, kosher, in moderation. And we use the good and the bad. The good for the good and the bad we expel. So do we look at our source or do we look at our mission? Maybe that is the Marchlekes to be continued.